0: What up, what up, what up? This is the first slash unofficial official whatever episode of Keeping It Cool with Killer. Yeah, I just made that up right now. So depending on my mood, I might change the name. But right now, that's what we're doing because we're going to keep it cool. Uh, this is a new venture for me for some of you out there. People have asked me to do like stand-up comedy. They've asked me to do a podcast. They've asked me to just talk. And I've always been kind of hesitant about it. But, you know, it's 2022 right now. We trying new things for the year. And plus, I'll be having a lot to say that I can't really type on Twitter because right now we on some fuck Twitter shit. Y'all don't respond to me on Twitter. All my friends are mature. No one wants to talk to me and talk shit about people and things. So this is my new outlet uh, where I will be voicing my concern for the two people that spend time out of their day listening to me. This show right here, there is no format, you know what I'm saying? I'm kind of like 88 Bourdain, 88 Rogan, 88 Button. That's what I'm going to be. I want to reach out to anybody out there to come sit at the table with me. Let's talk. Right now, I'm looking for a firefighter, a scuba diver. I want to talk to a chef. I want to talk to, like, a teacher. Uh, I want to talk to, like, a mountain climber. Anybody that's doing something cool... I mean, of course, I'll talk to like an artist or something, but some of y'all are so like fucking whack and annoying that like, you know, I've asked you a question like, yo, how'd you make a song? And you'll be like, yo, I just went in the studio and like, you know, that's not compelling, fam. So some of y'all ain't coming up here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to reach out to some IG thoughts. I got to make sure my old lady approves it first, but we're going to have some of y'all to come up here and explain yourselves and your behavior Uh, we want some OnlyFans people on here. I I actually want to talk to an OnlyFans customer. We hear a lot of times from the OnlyFans, like, content creator, but I want to hear from the person that's, like, buying this stuff, and we got to really get into your psyche and figure out why you are funding this evil machine. So, yeah, reach out on my email. I'll probably put the link out or whatever, or, you know, just hit me on IG or Facebook and be like, yo, I want to come up. And as long as you're not doing any, like, weird shit on your profile, I'll probably tell you to come up. But if you're, like, shirtless and you're a male, just don't even, like, hit me up, fam, because... Matter of fact, nah, you come up here because we're going to get to the bottom of what's going on with you too, and why you feel like it's safe to be shirtless on Beyonce's internet. You feel me? Like, uh, we got to get to the bottom of that. Uh, so this first episode will probably be short because uh, it's just, like, a little teaser for y'all out there. Let me see what y'all, how y'all feel about the kid. I need to get some content going on. But I do have a special guest. Uh, Her name is Callie D. She's a figure here in the DFW scene. She's done a lot for a lot of people. Some of them don't like her. Some of them do. You know, (laughs) she's been out here for sure. She's definitely earned her stripes in the scene. Uh, She's put a lot of people on stage. Some of them who will admit it. Some of them who won't. Uh, She's known as the hip-hop soccer mom. Uh, she doesn't drive a minivan, though. I was kind of disappointed when I saw that. I did at one point. Oh, OK. What kind of minivan?
1: It was a Honda Odyssey.
0: Mm, That was peak minivan activity right there. Yeah. My first car was the Plymouth Voyager. Oh, nice. I think. Yeah. So I actually got more play with women in that vehicle than I did <laughs> in my current I mean, vehicle. There's so much room for activities. Yeah, I mean, it was just like green, you know, and uh, yeah, it opened doors on both sides, nice. <laughs> you know, so yeah, very strategic in maneuvering around the city. Uh, Callie D, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, yeah. So I don't have any topics. What we're going to do right now, we're going to talk about life. I sit on the internet as like a Batman figure. I sit on the top of my metaphorical building and I look down at the interwebs and see turmoil and chaos going on and I occasionally may swoop in and help some people and I saw you in a very intense scuffle online with some people. Was that today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. saw you in an intense scuffle and I thought to myself, should I swoop in and help?
1: Oh, it's okay. Facebook banned
0: me. You've been banned. For two days. Wow, wow. Yep. How do you feel with all this like discord and division within Facebook? Like how, how do you navigate that?
1: Um. So for me, you know, I should probably not um, feed the animals, as they say. <laughs> um, but when it comes to things, especially, you know, when it comes to marginalized groups, and I really hate using that word, but I don't know how else to say it in a very politically correct that won't get me canceled. Mm. Um, but, you know, at one point it was um, the Black Lives Matter movement and I come from a very redneck city, um, Granbury, um, with a lot of Trump supporters and a lot of the people that I grew up with and somewhat respected and thought were not racist kind of like started becoming racist mm. and, um, and I couldn't just see that shit and not say anything and let these people know how disgusting they sound. Cause mm. honestly, and, and sometimes I feel like, cause this happens to me too, where I'll say something that might be um, a little off or might appear to be, like, homophobic or something, mm-hmm. um, and and I'll reach out to, you know, somebody will bring it to my attention, and then I, you know, go to one of my friends that are in the queer community and ask them if, if you know, I'm being insensitive, if I'm not wording this correctly, am I wrong in this? And, I mean, and even my um, co-host, you know, he's been able to tell me a couple times, like, yeah, I can see how... They would think that, you know, um, and and then I'll I'll adjust because, you know, a a lot of us are just learning how to be around other types of people like and especially with the Internet, because you got to think, you know, you you were talking um, about being in Crowley um, and, you know, kind of the difference between Crowley and North Crowley and then what it has become, um, you know. I think a lot of us are dealing with that, like, you know, I I come from Granbury, pre-internet era, right when the internet Mm -hmm. happened. Uh, We did have black people in Granbury, but usually um, there was this very prominent um, black family, uh, the Perkins. Johnny Perkins actually played football professionally, and then Mm. all, like, his daughter, Gia Perkins, is uh, in the WNBA. um, So, you know, they were very athletic and very prominent, so, you know, it wasn't...
0: They were loved out there.
1: Correct, you know, so it was like... Um, that was the type of black family that we had out there, you know, Mm. um, but it was predominantly white. And, um, I think that a lot of these people don't get to see the other side of the coin of, you know, black people that are disrespected because of the color of their skin. Mm. Right. And so at that moment, I felt a need to let these people know how gross that they sound right now. And, um, and then on top of that, just to let them know where I stand. You know, like, I'm not with you. <laughs> like, For sure. you know, and so here recently we've seen it with the Jewish community because of Kanye. And unfortunately, people in the hip-hop community are just kind of toting that line and just being really gross in the rhetoric that they're saying. Like, they are, they are demeaning a whole group of people that have nothing to do with what they're angry at. And so I have to say something. Like, this is not cool. Like, what you're saying is stupid, first of all. It's gross. And it's embarrassing and you know if i because if we don't if we just turn our head and not say something then we have i mean and this is a very probably drastic comparison but then you have nazi germany again because people let that shit slide so much that people were it or were being gassed and like there were people that claimed that they didn't know what was going on but allowed like that kind of retort to be be said and um you know Yes, I understand that there is some truth and perhaps in what Kanye is saying, you know, when you compare, um, you know, what the, the Jewish community is now versus the black community and the amount of wealth that the Jewish community has, because most of them happen to be of a, a lighter skin color compared to the, the black community. Um, but I just really feel like using terms like that is dangerous. And if we if, you know.
0: For sure, for sure. It's been a very emotional week for everyone online. I personally try to stay away from Mr. Adidas online. I haven't mm-hmm. muted as many as many other people because I want my online experience to be kind of fun right, and lighthearted. And nobody wins when you argue on Facebook. Oh, uh, God, let me, I know. For those of you who are out there that are tuning in, if you decide to engage with me in an argument, I'm always going to tell you to go outside and touch grass because, like, <laughs> I... Just cannot imagine myself cracking my knuckles behind the keyboard, typing my quick-witted response, and then waiting for you to type it back. There's so many things I could be doing. Right. Um, And plus, like... I also have a rule on Facebook that if your sentence or paragraph is more than three lines, I'm not reading it.
1: <laughs> I write so, novels. Like, I nah. type fast, though. Nah, like, I take, I'm, like,
0: I'm not reading it, fam. Like, no. like, like nah, it's not that. I,
1: I probably convey myself very wordy, and so I'm sure a lot of the people, because first of all, most of them are stupid. And I'm not even <laughs> talking about the person who, who put the post up. That's my friend. They're not necessarily stupid, mm-hmm. but it's the ones that attack me after I make a statement they're stupid, and they're small-minded. And, you know, so me giving them a very intellectual rebuttal probably went way over their fucking head. Um, So...
0: Three lines or less. I
1: probably should just let it go. But, uh, you know, I feel very strongly when it comes to race relations... Um you know, I grew up in a um in a very southern republic family uh, that would use slang words um to talk about people of color and that bothered me as a child and even at eight years old, I'm telling my grandpa like to what was up with with that kind of behavior um and and uh you know I don't think that my grandpa he was racist because that's what he grew up in right and and i I don't even know how I feel about saying this out
0: loud. Um, well, don't say it you're going to get yourself in trouble.
1: Well, no, my papa is dead. Rest in peace. He's one of my favorite people in the whole world. But, you know, that that's, that's the era that they lived in. And we grew up poor sharecroppers, and um, they called us white trash. And when, um, you know, asked what white trash meant back then, it was that we were on the same level as the black people. Right? Mm. Um, but they had to be better than somebody. Right? Yeah. And so that's how they felt better than somebody. And that was something that was kind of perpetuated from the society at the time. I mean, still, Yeah. yeah. You have to be better than somebody. And so, you know, he would... Talk about people in kind of a negative way or use those slang terms. But um, I actually asked my grandma recently if Papa really was racist because um, I never got the opportunity to really see him around a lot of people of color because he lived in Blum, which is like the middle of fucking nowhere with a bunch of farmers in yeah, Whitney. Okay. Right. It's like in Whitney. So it's like, you know, black people don't really live there. It's white farmers and their fucking trailers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never got the opportunity to actually see him interact with people of color. I just would hear him say offhanded remo- uh, remarks or offhanded jokes, you know, trying to be funny, which, again, I would always, even at a very young age, was like, no, we, we're not doing that here. You know, mm. I don't care if this is your house. Not having it. Right. <laughs> um, so I asked my grandmother if he was really racist um, and because I love this man, like he's the best man that's ever been in my life, like, you know, the most stable man that I had. Um, And it really bothers me to think that, you know, perhaps he was. And she said yes, but in California, there was um, a job site that he was at, and there was, like, some guy, like, wino in the area that would come, like, clean up the trash, and they would give him money for wine. And he went to go open up something and found the guy sleeping there Mm -hmm. and told the dude, like, get the fuck off our job site. You can come stay in this, like, playhouse shed that I built for the kids in the back. And he even gave them, like, a toaster and, like, um, some other stuff, right? And this was, like, in the 60s. So civil rights was definitely going on. Um, and, uh, you know, fed him and stuff. And had a neighbor saw that, you know, this black man is living in their backyard, you know, said something to my papa, like, you got a black man back there? And he was like... <laughs> are you feeding them? Then shut the fuck up, you know? And so hearing that story kind of, like, made me feel a little bit better that even though he used this kind of rhetoric, he found kindness and, like, you know, at, like, he didn't have to do that, yeah. you know? And so, because um, I kind of struggle with it, and especially right now, like, I, you know, I, I have, my boyfriend is black, you know? And to think that, like, my papa wouldn't accept him, you know, as my lover, like, really bothers me. Um, so when it comes to, you know, seeing racism... As a white person, like, I'm just not going to fucking stand for it. And I'm going to say something. For sure. And 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 that's just who I am. And, you know, if people have a problem with it or or I get canceled because of it, then so fucking be it.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, Racist. That's a conversation we could go on all day about. For sure. Especially being in interracial relationships. And it being a thing. I mean, our parents, the, the shit they went through. That's a whole nother episode of keeping it cool with for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I say, like, my advice, if you were asking for my unsolicited advice, is just to stay, like, you don't win on Facebook. right? You could provide facts. You could provide numbers, statistics, personal accounts. When people don't like you, there's nothing you can say. Right. And then... No one can be held accountable on Facebook because ultimately whenever you challenge someone, then they're all like, oh, you're getting all mad. I was just trolling. I don't even really even think like right, this. Right, yeah. So then it's like, who am I even dealing with? Right. You know, you're on... And I
1: think Kanye is a troll. I think I he's mean, trolling everybody. He made the ugliest shoes ever, <laughs> charges 300 bucks, and he's out there laughing because y'all are wearing this ugly shit.
0: I mean, for sure. I mean, he's kind of built a career on that. And when he... First of all, we shouldn't be spending any time talking about someone who openly says they don't read books and that reading books disgusts them. So how can you take <laughs> say any, that.
1: Yeah. This is how much I don't follow Kanye. But,
0: like, he clearly... He was like, reading books is like the equivalent of eating vegetables. So right. this is someone who also who's not eat. doing the work, yeah. who's not researched. He doesn't have a developed original thought of his own. He's regurgitating rhetoric that he's heard from someone else that is hanging out with him. And then we're the ones mad. Mm -hmm. He's not mad. You know, so it's like any other instance in life, if you met someone who says, hey, I don't read, but listen to me, Mm -hmm. you're not going to listen to them. Let alone sit around at the dinner table, have these divisive line drawn in the sand conversations like bro you don't read right. <laughs> like you can't read so i mean he's openly said it in interviews before that he doesn't understand math and contracts and he doesn't understand like certain it's things like
1: he's a genius
0: exactly so what are we even doing you know like right all you're doing is raising your blood pressure <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> affecting your day about a guy who's still going to mess around with random models and wear rain boots. Like, right. this is the person that's affecting your day-to-day life. Yep. And we're not going to do that here on Keeping It Cool with Killer. We're going to talk about pretty much anything else but that fool. I got off the train with him back when he had people standing on the side of a building looking at a projection of him, uh, and he was complaining about corporations. This was, like, years ago. Uh-huh wanna say Jesus. And people were like dead ass leaving their house to go stand on some random building in Dallas. And they had like a projector where he was like making some speech. He wouldn't even hear. Right. He like emailed it to someone. And people were standing there like, yo, this is important. And I was like, yo, y'all was fucking wild. Right. It was like, I think it was like mad cold too, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. But they're on a brick building here in deep element this fool's like yo corporations are trying to stop me and like people felt really empowered by that and i was just like yo y'all was kind of crazy right my philosophy was like if the big bad corporations were so bad put the music out for free just right put the blank cd out scribble your name on it give it to the people <laughs> you know or, whatever i mean
1: there's other ways you know um jay-z has title um you have other groups uh, like Dave Chappelle just made his own app where he's gonna you know have his own podcast on. Like there are so many avenues to do things outside of corporations now. Like I work at a whole record label that has nothing to do with any of the major record labels, yeah. and and we make lots of money. Like I just pack twelve hundred records and ship them around the world, and I have like two thousand records coming in that I'm about to ship out, and that doesn't even include the tapes and the and the books and the t-shirts and all the other stuff like i am shipping lots of product out there and we have no backing from universal or def jam (laughs) or any of that stuff and these people are definitely making money
0: um on this all right so my next question would be you used to manage artists right you kind of strayed away from that yeah cancel culture is a thing Mm -hmm. Do you have a plan in the event you get canceled? Like what is...
1: I've say, been canceled.
0: Okay. So walk me into the first 10 minutes of realizing you've been canceled. What happened?
1: Um, so I had a situation where um, somebody tried to force himself on me, uh, locked me in a green room and, uh, and, and jumped on me without any indication that that's what was going to happen. Mm. Like I had no... Like there was... I thought we were having a business discussion dude hadn't even been drinking he don't drink so mm. this was i like had no indication that he ever flirted with me like i had to go back through my dms to see where i i got lost mm. right cuz this is what we do as women when a guy inappropriately touches us we try to figure out how it was our fault because that's how we've been trained mm-hmm. and um i struggled with how to deal with it i still worked with him and um i just kind of had enough of his shit And I thought, and it was around the same time when um, Jon Stewart was uh, found out um, to be rapey, um, and Central Track did a whole story. And what bugged me, and the reason why I finally spoke up, because I think at this point, it had been three years since that situation happened. Mm. And the reason I started to speak up, though, was because other artists who knew what happened between me and this man, um, how he locked me in the green room and try to force his hand up my skirt, and, like, I had to, like, sashay myself away from him, like, you know, like, just quick thinking, because unfortunately I've been in these type of situations before, so, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't my first time. I knew how to get out there without being touched, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these men that knew what happened between me and him got on a soapbox and started saying, we don't put up with that kind of shit in, D- in Dallas. Mm-hmm. If you're a creep like this... Or, ladies, you're safe. Uh, if you're a creep <laughs> like this, you're going to get canceled. And I was like, hold on a yeah. whole fucking second, <laughs> you lying piece of shit. Like, no. I'm not going to let you get away with using...
0: Virtue uh, signaling. Right. That's a buzzword.
1: It, I, first time. But it was um first time I've heard that. But mm-hmm. exactly. Like, you know, you're you're taking this time to get on your soapbox to... to Make yourself look so good and protective of the women of Dallas. When you you get on the stage of the dude, full well knowing, he's creepy, he hits on everybody, he talks inappropriately, and he totally locked me in a fucking green room and tried to, like, I, I escaped that situation and told my friend I almost got raped. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, whether or not that's the truth, up for, you know, whatever. See, that's where. But that's, yeah, that's how I where you felt get in, in, in right that there. moment. You know what I mean? He, he, locked, he locked me in a green room. Who does that? Didn't ask me permission. Didn't even, like, there was no indication that I wanted to have sex with this man. You know, but he felt powerful enough to do that. And then whenever I came out, um, that's when, you know, um, the line was drawn in the sand with me. You were either with me or you were with him. And people came out very strongly against me. Um, especially the ones that I was calling out because, you know, how dare I, um, you know, ruin their platform that they were just trying to, you know, make for themselves to be the protectors yeah. of women of DFW. Um, and, and so since then, I've kind of, you know, I struggled with it for a while because, you know, I really do love um, what I, I used to do and, and the things that I... Uh, was able to make happen, um, but, you know, the music industry and the entertainment industry in itself is just um, a really snaky place to be, and you almost have to separate yourself from it in some kind of way, um, especially when it comes to being successful, and uh, so I just, like, figured it out how to how to be in it without being in it, you know what I mean?
0: So, so would you consider yourself, like, uncanceled, or are you still... Are you like semi-cancelled?
1: Yeah, I'm half and half. I'm I'm, I'm in a very gray area um, because when it comes to professionals, mm-hmm. people who actually make money in this industry, yeah, they love me. Gotcha. It's the broke motherfuckers that don't.
0: All right, so so let's say you're imagining you're an artist in this realm. Mm-hmm. A story like yours breaks out to where this person still kind of has an opportunity to put you on stages that you normally wouldn't be able to get on your own. Right. But they're conflicted by your situation. What would an artist be expected to do?
1: I just feel like there are so many other people to support. And I understand, for whatever reason, the most snaky dirty, disgusting motherfuckers seem to... to, Sorry, I'm getting really emotional. Let me calm down for a second. Um, Keeping it cool, Callie. I know, this is not cool, but (laughs) it's an emotional topic. Um, But, you know, it it seems to be, and and I I think that we can all agree, like the the Harvey Weinsteins Mm -hmm. succeed, the Jerry Epsteins
0: Jeffrey, Jeff, uh, fuck him. Who cares? Yeah,
1: I got his name wrong. Like that's a mental block. But, but you, you see what I'm saying? It, yeah. it, it it tends to be the ones that are, um, you know, even in like you know like the mob situation. You know, the good guys, the good mobsters, like they're the ones that get got, you know, mm. even like with what happened with uh, the Migos, you know, it was yeah. it was the cool one that got shot, not the one that starts all this shit. Yeah. And so I I feel like that's just always kind of the case. But there's always going to be stages to be put on like and and I don't know, it, it, It's it's not for me to say what somebody can do. What would I do? I know whenever I'm dealing with somebody who is shady, who might be stealing from people, who might be rapey or creepy, I just feel a kind of way about supporting that person in any way. And, and so I have to kind of do a moral check with myself and, um, and, and make that decision. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it is tough because it tends to be the worst ones that have the best opportunities.
0: I mean, as an artist, it, it gets difficult especially when you're, we're blessed to be in an area, DFW, where there are different avenues possibly for an artist to get on and get involved. So you can kind of circumvent, you can't, if you're not going to get on his show, you could get on another show. Mm -hmm. But then there are certain small towns, smaller markets where like, that's the door. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, you're at a crossroads to where this is the opportunity that, only exist Mm -hmm. for me. And so I guess you're kind of torn as an artist where it's like, man, I know this fool is kind of shady. I'm going to do the best to protect me. But like, this is the only, he's in between me and 500 people, potential fans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's like, I don't know. It's such a weird It's like telling
1: your soul to the devil.
0: Yeah. But like, you're going into it (laughs) kind of protected per se, Mm -hmm. but, I don't know. I haven't really fully fleshed it out because it's conflicting. Because you're like, "Hey, I support Cali. I don't fuck with what he did," but like, this is the only full throwing shows. And mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes people you can throw your own show, and that sounds cute. Mm-hmm. But like, when you're MC Spoon, and this is your first show, right? You throwing your own show isn't gonna garner an op- opening opportunity for a headlining act sometimes, yeah. and th- that's where. I guess the c- conflict happens. Unfortunately, I think that part needs to be said from the artist. It just like, this is and, an and opportunity. Yeah,
1: and I've had people, um, mostly women, who uh, would let me know, like, hey, what he did was, like, super fucked up, but if he gives me a stage, I'm going to get on it. Yeah. And I can't be mad at that. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you come to me like that, I can't be mad at that. You know what I mean? Um, but I've seen some of the people that um, continue to support Kim are also the ones that have supported another um, uh, company that has been, you know, kind of found out that they're thieves. Uh, they've stolen from everybody around them, yeah. and those are the same people that are hopping on that stage first <laughs> chance they can get because other people won't fuck with them. You know yeah. what I mean? So you kind of see who those people are, and so what that tells me is y'all aren't loyal for shit, Y'all don't appreciate anybody that is of worth. Um, like, you're looking out for number one. And, you know, I get it in this business. Sometimes you have to do that. Um, but, like, uh, you know, it, it's kind of having honor among thieves. Like, this is really like being in, in like, a gangster-type organization yeah. where, you know, we're all criminals. And, um, you know, the, the best criminal or the shisiest one wins. Um, and I guess that's kind of where I've come to terms with it.
0: I mean, before we continue, I wanted to pay respects to the legend takeoff for being taken away from us, unfortunately. Some of my favorite memories of the last years have been provided with soundtracks from the Migos. Uh, It's been open discussion that he was one of the more talented ones out of the group. Ultimately, they were a three-headed monster They all did their own solo projects, but they were their strongest when they were together. Mm -hmm. Like, the music they made together was phenomenal. Definitely. Uh, They definitely changed the game. And whether you're a purist backpacker or a casual listener, that's pretty much an undeniable fact. At this point, if you disagree, you're just kind of (laughs) hating. You know? Uh, Yes, there were groups that did the triplet rhyme style before them. Uh, yes, that was a thing back in the 80s and 90s, but these guys took that style and really kind of made a lot of believers. I mean, a lot of us were introduced to them through the Versace record. When you mm-hmm. go back and listen to it now, it's super stripped and dumbed down of their skill level. Mm-hmm. But then if you go back and you kind of follow their trajectory, uh, their skill level is incredible. Subject matter is subjective, you know. Whether you're either a part of that lifestyle or you aren't, you know, it's a party vibe, it's street vibe. So that might not be for you. But what you can't deny is that they were talented dudes, right? Uh, especially him. Uh, he was pretty much the scene to be as an anchor of that group, and it's really kind of unfortunate because they were family, like legit family, yeah. mm-hmm. and. There was rumors of internal struggles, internal issues with amongst the three of them. There and, always are though.
1: You're never but, gonna have a band that doesn't have some but kind like, of it's really bubble.
0: unfortunate because we're not really sure if they were able to make amends or repair that relationship. Because a lot of times when we're at odds with people, we'll be like, I'm mad at that fool, but like eventually we'll get over it. Right. <laughs> you know, but like mm-hmm. I'm mad at that fool right now. I'm gonna be yeah. mad for like six months. Mm-hmm. And then something so trivial could happen, you know, to where, like, he woke up that day and he had plans for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something that was the furthest thing from his mind that would happen. And I just really kind of want to pay respects to them because one of my favorite memories was with my little sister. She was in my car one time, and I had played Amigo's record, and she got excited. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of like, I'm significantly older than her. Mm -hmm. So, like, me knowing this record and... Her knowing it, she was just kind of like, what you know about this? And it right. was just like, what you know about this? And, yeah. you know, we just kind of bonded on, like, the Migos, you know. And some of they're just fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, so you have these records where they had really exciting moments, you know. Migos on Ellen DeGeneres talking mm-hmm. about bad and bougie. Like, that was epic. Right. You know, so we've kind of grew up with them over mm-hmm. these last, I mean, it's probably been what almost... Close to 10 years they've been it around. Has. I mean, they're relatively OGs in the game. And as an artist myself, you study other artists, or if you don't, you should. And you try to understand and study, like, what makes them appeal. Mm-hmm. What's their skill set? You kind of, I mean, boxers do it. Football players do it when you mm-hmm. study film. And I've listened to them, and the style, the way that they're able to consistently do that, at the quantity that they do that, it's like, that's not some fluke shit. That's on some like, these dudes are operating from a different part of the brain that Mm -hmm. is amazing to me to where it's like, the much as music as they pumped out, like to be able to just pump that out and you look at artists like Twista, how they're able to just rhyme and rap like that and write like that. Like Mm -hmm. that's just a crazy skill set to where it's like, that's like some God-given shit. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I've always respected that. To where you can get three people on the same wavelength mm-hmm. to do that type of style, still have their own unique style. And, right. like, I mean, it's the bone thugs, it's the three six mafia type of the thing Beatles. where it's like, where do you find everyone on this same wavelength mm-hmm. right now to do it? So, and obviously, the world, for the most part, I feel appreciated the Migos. It's unfortunately, I feel like we as a culture let them down. Mm-hmm. He should have been protected. You know,
1: man, Houston's a scary place. Um, I, I, I used to do a lot of work in Houston and I would go um, every couple of weeks or whatever. Um, there was times I was making a, 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 a one trip a week in Houston. And um, the first time that I went to Houston for work actually was when the Super Bowl was down there. Mm. And I was staying at a friend of mine's house um, that lives down there that ended up doing business with me. Um, and that trip in particular, you know, while I wasn't working the the Super Bowl, um, I was in the car with him, and it seemed like Bad and Bougie came on, like, every <laughs> five minutes. Yeah. Like, you know, and it had just dropped. So it was, was yeah. you know, the first, like, time that I heard it, like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the new hit, you know? Uh-huh. And then by the time, like, we got out of the car, I was like, they're playing it again? So the fact that he actually died in Houston for me, right. because that was, like, th- that was definitely a memory of being in Houston That's for crazy. the first time. Uh, And hearing that song, like almost to an overkill where I was like, all right, it's enough, you know. (laughs)
0: Um, I definitely want to apologize on behalf of the culture for not protecting the Migos. I feel personally attacked by this. I don't know. I mean, I never met them. Uh, They don't know I exist as of right now. But I just feel like as an artist, you know, a lot of these rapper deaths, they hit closer to home because... A lot of them that are passing away, they're fathers, they're brothers, they're, they're humans at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, they all had plans for tomorrow. And some of them are dying relatively senseless uh, for no reason, right. for at the snap of a finger, you know. And, yeah, people die every day. Let the Internet tell it. But it's like these are some of our, these are supposed to be our heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we put them up as a representation as a beacon from our communities to be like, "Hey, this is who we stand behind mm-hmm. uh they're a megaphone for some of the some of our voices, not everybody's voice, but some of them, and you know these are some of, supposed to be some of our best and brightest that we present to the people. They should be allowed to obtain nice things, live a successful life without being a target. you right. know we sh- as a people should be able to live comfortably experience places, travel places, be amongst our family, be able to build things within our community to give back to the community without being a target. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that energy is in the world right now to where we're being stripped of our leaders, and some could argue that that's always been a thing. Every decade, some of our more prominent leaders have been stripped from us. Yeah, But it's never too late to change whatever is going on. Yeah. I mean, it starts with me, it starts with you, I just really kind of hate that this happened. I don't... I mean, unfortunately, we'll probably have something like this happen in the future.
1: I mean, we just had another, you know, not as famous, but, you know, another well-known entertainer um, was shot in L.A. Um, You know, right now, L.A. and Houston are two very (laughs) dangerous places to be. I mean, it's just what it is. I
0: mean, it's... I don't want to pinpoint in those particular spots, per se, because, I mean, we watch Mo Three get killed in his own city here in well, Dallas. Well,
1: that's true, but it, it's well known. Atlanta
0: is dangerous, in Jacksonville. In LA, uh,
1: especially with it being kind of like the hub for like the marijuana culture, um, there used to be a time where um, you could go to LA with a lot of money, um, obtain your goods, and get home safe. But since the pandemic has happened and um, people are struggling so bad, and I think that's where the turning point has mm-hmm. been, and it might have been even a little bit before that. It was kind of like you know our, our economy has kind of been on this downward turn. People are hurting for money and they're doing whatever they can yeah. to to obtain it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, for some people, that means rob and and use of guns. Yeah. Um, so in in the the weed culture, and I'm not saying that I'm um, really tapped in all that much right now, but I do know a lot of people that have been in that industry and have friends that are in that industry. Um, you can't just show up in L.A. with a bunch of money and 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 buy shit like it is dangerous to do so. And, and that is the rumor that is going around and being told to people do not show up to L.A., Because used to they would let people live because that was a part of their economy. Like, you know, that's how they got money. So they didn't want to attack people and and scare them away. But that's just not the case anymore. And also in Houston, not too long ago, a friend of mine's nephew was shot because he worked at a sneaker store and somebody was trying to rob him. Um, So that's kind of why I say those two towns in particular. And um, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, there's been so many different rappers who have been shot and killed for what they had on them um you know and sometimes by people who follow them online or people that are in their crew so um i don't think that 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 wasn't what it sounded like the situation was with um takeoff um but i think we're seeing a lot more in in hip-hop because of how flashy our culture is yeah. how they like to wear the jewelry and have the cars and have stacks of cash on them um, and then how prominent they are on social media, and so somebody finds out that you know they're at this certain place, and they could probably you know get a million dollars worth of jewelry off of them real easy, or you know some cash, and and that's a lick, man.
0: My thing with the jewelry is obviously there's a network for this. Mm-hmm. I would be curious to find out they're taking the jewelry and taking it where. And right. getting what? Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's the chain that I want to follow. Mm-hmm. Because if we can figure out what they're doing with it, once they obtain it, we could not necessarily stop it, but we could curb it. Because who is the person that's like, bring me this chain, this one-of-a-kind, unique chain, right. the hottest chain in the world right now, because police are looking for it, streets are looking for it, and I'll give you X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, that's who I want to figure out.
1: I mean, there's chop shops for cars. For sure, there's, but like, it's called fencing, you know? You but g- to you me, as even like, like
0: a, I don't know, maybe this is my morals, but if I'm a jeweler and somebody comes in here with like the chain of a deceased fool, I don't want nothing to do with it. Like, get that shit out of my shop. You know what I'm oh, saying? There's a like, black
1: market for everything.
0: Yeah, and that's where I'm like, me just. Being the detective slash Batman, I'm just like, yo, we need to figure out who that fool is because right. there's like, obviously, is he the one calling the shots? Is he the one, mm-hmm. you know, incentivizing this? Like, what's going on? Because I don't, we haven't seen it at this rapid pace. Mm-hmm. Like, we went from losing an artist maybe once a year, mm-hmm. once every two years, to like, it's every other week. Somebody's dropping right. at the hands of like silly shit, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, I don't want to say silly shit because no one's no one dies in vain, but like it's just senseless per se. Right. And I just I really hate it for our culture because it as I'm growing older as an artist and a consumer, it's conflicting. Like, do you wanna be a part of this culture anymore? You know? It's it, that's a very real
1: conversation <laughs> I think that know? we end up having with ourselves because and, you know, just kind of going back to what we were talking about before then, like, you know, m- my love for the hip-hop community got hella tainted at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 people that I had worked for free and done some amazing things, like, I felt like were just not loyal to me. And um, people I had paid lots of money to and put on, like, were publicly defaming me like making videos call me miss booby trap saying that did you see do you see what she wears you know like all the things that they say when a girl gets raped Mm -hmm. you know or or and and from people that i loved Mm -hmm. you know like people that i would i i would go to bat for and it it took a toll on me um to the point where i just I had to step back because it hurt so much. It was, it was very traumatizing. And it wasn't even his actions. It was the actions of everybody else.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's... I feel like it's kind of drawn parallels to, like, when you... When someone falls out of love with religion... Anyway, because I mean, hip hop yeah. for some of us has been our religion for oh, a very sure. long time.
1: It was my family. It was like my family eh, turned their back on me.
0: It's our identity, our our family, our culture, our hub, uh, especially kind of in this day and age and in the hip hop that there's so many different, I guess, sub hip hop mm-hmm. <laughs> genres that you can be involved to. And I don't know if it's a getting older thing. You know, you just kind of get older. As a you become a parent, you start kind of valuing life and just re- reflecting on certain things now, and you're my mission every day as a parent is to get back home, mm-hmm. you know like that's For my sure. mission is mm-hmm. and up until recently, that's a very difficult mission you mm-hmm. know you never know where the day takes you, mm-hmm. you know I got up and went to work I'm down at the radio show right now, and then mm-hmm. I still got a whole hour before I get home, you right. know, and it's like it sounds so simple and trivial, but it's just like, man, that's a, a feat mm-hmm. getting back through the front door only to wake up and do it again tomorrow. Right. And so it's like to to tie it all back together. That's why like arguing on Facebook seems so silly. Right. <laughs> you know, not not that not, I'm, I'm calling you silly, I'm just saying in general, because it's just like there's so much that we could achieve and accomplish. Right. That we need to do. There's so many things that people we need, that we matter to, that, like, I don't want to spend my time arguing with you when I know we both don't care about this on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, we both don't care about this. So what are we even doing? For sure. You know, it's just like, it's unfortunate there's even video of uh, Quavo at the scene of the crime, and he's like clearly distraught like that's his like nephew i think Mm -hmm. and it's disgusting that people are filming that and like
1: they filmed little pete being dead for sure you know and it's like that shit
0: it's it's unfortunate like those are the moments to where like those are real moments like that was his family member Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i don't know it's just all heartbreaking i'm like speaking from like a raw place because it's been fresh I woke up and that was unfortunately my mistake of getting online first thing this morning. We all do it. And that like, was the
1: first thing that I saw. As yeah. Well. I, and then my boyfriend sends it to me first thing. You know, I, like, get yeah, dude, gram, I,
0: I get on the gram looking at one of my homies' story. I'm like, le- legit, crusting eye, half sleep. I see a picture. I'm thinking he dropped a new joint. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, because my man was like, no way. And I'm like, oh man, he done came out with another one. Mm-hmm. And then I go. And I'm like, nah, because I'm like, it's too early. Like, mm-hmm. And then to find out it was last night, it's just kind of like, man, that's yeah, that sucks. As far as, like, this hip-hop, I mean, I don't want to end on, like, a negative note, per se. Right. Uh, because as of recently, this culture is getting an attack for being such a poisonous, negative place. But I do want to say... <phone rings> mm, boyfriend checking in? Uh-huh. <laughs> I do want to say that, like... That's not what hip-hop is about. That's not what we fell in love with hip-hop for. That's not what we, the culture, strives for hip-hop to be. Uh, a lot of us, this is where we found community and support. There are good people in this community. There are good people trying to do good work, Uh So please continue to support those people. You know, we are out here. Not everyone is a snake trying to swindle you out of something. There are people that are genuinely trying to help you. Right. Not everyone's trying to get clout off your back. There are people in this industry. uh, What we can do moving forward is call these people out. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do them too much of a service by refusing to name names. And I don't want to get messy right now on this platform, but just in general a lot of these people are still able to navigate because everyone doesn't say anything. We right. all know who these people are, mm-hmm. but if we could band together as a community to be like, hey, promoter fuckface is mm-hmm. screwing people. Like, right. hey, let's hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. He owed me something as simple as 50 bucks and two drinks, <laughs> right. and I didn't get it. Yeah. You know, so we need to help operate and flush some of these fools out of the community as far as the rest of the culture, man, I continue. I want us to wrap the Migos, P and B rock, nip, mm-hmm. Mac, the list goes on, you mm-hmm. know, as far as we can in like love and embrace. And this isn't a time for us to, I mean, while they're here, I say, give them their flowers. I mm-hmm. feel like the Migos were relatively appreciated, but it's, yeah. it's never enough. Uh, It's just really sad. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, I I do talk about falling out of love with hip-hop and kind of taking a step back, but, you know, now I work for a very successful um, record label, that gets named in Rolling Stone, like the online version, not hey. magazine, <laughs> but it's still Rolling Stone. Yeah. I mentioned that one time. I was like, he was mentioning Rolling Stone. And my boss is like, it was just the online version. I'm like, hey. fuck that. Uh, it's Rolling Stone. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, we get top of Bandcamp daily all the time, Tommy. you know, best of Bandcamp monthly. Um, so shout out Backwood Studios. and. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just had to figure out where I fit in that was comfortable for me and it was no longer being a promoter and, and being such a public figure. Um, so now I've kind of taken, um, you know, behind the scenes kind of role. I'm still very much involved in the hip hop community. I'm still putting people on stages and actually I'm getting people paid Mm -hmm. to, to perform, um, now, which, you know, a a lot of times in the past, it not necessarily was, was what (laughs) was happening. Um, and, and. Also, you know, this person that is giving people stages, he's not paying them either. They're just getting to be in front of 500 people um, or or whatever it is. Um, you know, I'm part of a, a really awesome um, internet radio station now that I think is going to do some really good stuff for um, Deep Ellum and the community around us. Um, you know, I'm involved in Deep Ellum Community Association. Um, I get to... You know, I get to do a lot of, uh, I, I just had to recalibrate. You know what I mean? Yeah. But But, um, so, I think a lot of times, especially when we have these conversations, like, do I want to be a part of this culture anymore? Um, you know, there are ways to kind of reinvent
0: your Recharge role. yourself.
1: Yeah and, yeah, and figure out where you fit in, where it's comfortable, and you're no longer, you know, um, feeling
0: that kind of way. So, my advice, because I struggle with this often is to recharge yourself and reset yourself in terms of go back to what made you fall in love with this culture in the first place. Me personally, I have like a playlist of songs that like those were the songs that made me even care about mm-hmm. this. I mean, my number one favorite hip hop song of all time is most deaf traveling man. I feel like that song describes me period and like an artist touched
1: me once not in a a perverted
0: way (laughs) i mean but like that song to me embodies like if aliens came from a distant land and they Mm -hmm. were like earthling put us on hip-hop like that's the song with like and in a tribe called quest cd i'm like Mm -hmm. this is hip-hop Like welcome Mm -hmm. and like so I listen to those songs, and I, I say to myself, am I creating something like this that can provide a moment like that to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? And if I'm not, then let me do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm ultimately trying to do. I'm trying to create something for that 11-year-old kid who accidentally stumbles on this and is like, yo, I'm identifying myself with this. Mm-hmm. And that's, this was before... Money and follower counts and algorithm and did I post it seven seventeen p.m. on Thursday because that's when the most traffic I had. Like Mm -hmm. this is when this song is dope. The lyrics was dope. Right. The feeling was dope. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. That's stream it for free. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, you couldn't stream it. There was a feeling. There was a moment. There was a and then when you found the record store to actually buy the CD or whatever, or when you found someone your friends who was into it, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, shit, and you connected with that person because of this Mm -hmm. feeling. That's what I say you try to, you take time, clean up your house, (laughs) you play that playlist, you sit down, you just kind of reflect, and that kind of, you block out all the other negative stuff that's happening. You even talk to your people that you haven't talked to in a while. We all have the hip-hop homie that sits on the hillside somewhere that you haven't talked to in years. And I, sh- I hit them up from time to time to be like, yo, I heard this random sample. I got a homie. I can literally, like, hum a sample and the fool will spit it out. Like, he's like an <laughs> encyclopedia of hip-hop samples, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, I get a kick out of, like, just calling them sometime and being like, yo, man, I heard, like, a... And he'd be like, Oh, you talking about the P Rock CL Smooth? And you'll be like, Bro, how did you even know that? Yeah. Like, yo, 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 that. And he'll give you a whole backstory of it was some Brazilian trumpet player from 1950. So, like, I love those people. Yeah, you know, you center yourself around those type of people. Uh, you center yourself around people who really its part of their fiber and their being. And, you know, and they kind of help you get back into recharge of situation. So now I'm entering into the world of like, man, I want to create and I want to I wanna put provide that stamp because I'm coming from a city that necessarily we only have relatively one side of hip hop that's mainstream pushed mm-hmm. and it's more of a street side. Mm-hmm. But like we have more to offer. And I know there's some kid, there's some fool that's sitting around in my city like, man, mm-hmm. there's got to be something else, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I want to make music for that kid, for that group of people over here to be like, hey, yeah, we on this type of time. Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone to kind of do that as well. Mm -hmm. And on that note, do you have anything else?
1: I don't. Well, um, on that note, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times artists aren't um, appreciated until after they're gone. And that's been something across history. Mozart was one of the most brilliant composers ever, died penniless and, you know, in a popper, you know, like that's what they talk about. Um, But his music is so profound that we still talk about it today in a very reverent way. Um, A a lot of people, or a lot of the painters, you know, same thing. Um, You know, even as far as like the Ramones, they never had commercial success. Um, and That's crazy. But they're they're held as (laughs) a, like, like an icon in punk. You know what I'm saying? And so I think... Exactly, but, you know, and that was one of their struggles was, like, the Sex Pistols um, got inspired by them and formed a band, and they became more popular than the Ramones ever did, <laughs> and that really was a thorn in their side, you yeah. know? Um, and, you know, but how many people do you see walking down the street with a Ramones shirt, yeah, you know? Yeah, I had one. So, so I, I think a lot of times we want to get our flowers now, but, you know, you might not inspire this century. It might be next century that you... Um, actually become an inspiration to somebody so make art for you
0: all right so i got homework for the listeners out there then you just inspired me if you listen to this you probably got a homie that rap you probably know somebody that do something i'm challenging you out there to take three people and tell them that they're dope but don't just be like yo you're dope Go listen to one of their songs.
1: Be specific with (laughs) it. Yeah. Like, man, when you said this, I felt this.
0: Yeah. And let it come from a genuine place because we take it, we take for granted our friends. I have a lot of really cool, dope friends. And, like, I mean, one of them's like a painter, and this dude paints something epic, appears to be every week, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And I mean, his wife paints and put stuff together i, I mean, actually they,
1: went to the sweet tooth hotel yeah, he did some of the neon there yeah
0: like their kid probably will paint and do something cool and these are like my, my friends so we shoot the shit and talk about the cowboys mm-hmm. and like whatever and we get caught and often lost like oh that fool knows he's dope and like he don't mm-hmm. need me to tell him uh but i'm gonna challenge myself and i encourage all my listeners out there all 8 million of you out there to go out there and find at least, it's got to be three different people because you just never know where your friend's headspace be at. You never know where, what they going through right Right. then and there. So tell them hey, verse two, track eight on your mixtape, bro. You killed that shit. The flow was cool. Blah, 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 blah. You, the name, they might try to brush you off. They might try to shrug you off, but you're going to be, you like you'll be amazed that fool's gonna sit at home and be like, man, I really appreciate that because nothing makes you feel better when your friends actually like your shit. Right. And we always emphasize. You see people online like, yo, y'all need to tell your homeboy he can't rap. Oh uh, no, you need to tell your man's he can't rap. You need to tell your girl she's not a model. We're not doing that on keeping it cool with killer. We spreading positivity. So tell your homegirl. She could work on her poses, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Help her get a stylist, get her some lighting, get her in the model game properly. Tell your homeboy the audio quality might be off a little bit. Give him some different techniques on how to record. Mm -hmm. Throw him a punchline if you got one in your brain. You know, help him out a little bit. Be a ghostwriter. But we're going to build an uplift here on keeping it cool with Killer. Awesome. You got an outro? That's the outro. Okay.
1: (laughs) I'll cut the rest of the part off. You can leave that in.